Parshas Shalach. In Parshas Shalach, after the Meraglim returned from their mission to spy out Eretz Yisrael, we read some terrifying and ominous words, a threat from HaKadosh Baruch a threat of annihilation directed at the entire nation. And if that threat had been executed, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight. No doubt there would be an Am Hashem, but it would not have been us. When the spies came back from their venture into Eretz Yisrael and sowed fear among the people, so much so that many wanted to turn around and make their way back to Mitzrayim. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu had enough. Ad'ana yina'atsuni ha'amazeh. How much longer will this people vex me? It's too many times already that they have provoked me, Hashem said. And he therefore made a proposal to Moshe Rabbeinu, an opportunity for a new beginning. Akenu badever bo'orishenu. Let me smite this nation with a plague, and I'll wipe them out completely. And how will I fulfill my promise to Avraham that his children will become a great nation? Through you, Moshe, I will make you a great nation. Moshe was offered that the entire nation forever would be the nation of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now I'll make one note before we go on. This you have to know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu never intended to destroy the Jewish people. He knew the outcome. He knew what would be in the end. But as far as Moshe Rabbeinu was concerned, he was being given the biggest opportunity of his life to rebuild the Am Yisrael from scratch, to create a nation for Hashem that wouldn't provoke Hashem again, a nation that would be founded by the Ish HaElokim and on the ideals of that great man. That's a remarkable opportunity for a man of greatness. That from his seed, a new Am Yisrael would come to life. The eternal people would always look back to Moshe Rabbeinu as the father of their nation. And for Moshe, that would be a glory unequaled, a tremendous honor forever and ever. And so let's listen in on Moshe Rabbeinu's response to this great proposition from Hashem. Because Moshe didn't accept the offer. He said no. And there's a tremendous lesson in that refusal because, because from Moshe Rabbeinu's response to Hashem, we learn one of the most important purposes of the Am Yisrael, the function of each one of us in this world. Moshe said to Hashem, V'shamu Mitzrayim ki he'elita b'kochacha et ha'amazeh mikirbo v'hemata et ha'amazeh when the Egyptians from whose midst you in your power brought up these people will hear that you have now destroyed them. So they will say it's because when they began to approach the land of Canaan and Hashem saw how fortified the land was, how difficult it was to conquer all those nations. So Hashem backed out. He saw that it was too much for him. And therefore, in order to be free from his promise, he destroyed his people. The name of Hashem will be blemished in the eyes of men. And therefore, said Moshe Rabbeinu, the Am Yisrael must remain alive. Moshe Rabbeinu at that time proposed the principle of Kavod Shemaim, of being concerned with bringing honor to the name of Hashem. And anything that might in any way detract from that, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted no part of. 
It's the honor of Hashem that the Am Yisrael should be allowed to survive because we represent His promise in this world. Let your power become increased now, Moshe said. When everyone will see that despite whatever we have done, you're still willing to forgive us by means of that, there will be a greater honor for Hashem. With these words, Moshe Rabbeinu established a reason for the Am Yisrael to exist forever. He said to Hashem, our function in this world is, and always will be, to bring glory to your name. Kavot Shamaim. That's the purpose of the Am Yisrael. And therefore, let us live, and forever we will dedicate our lives to making your name great in this world. Now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu listened to that. He took Moshe Rabbeinu up on his offer. I forgive the Am Yisrael as you, have, as you have spoken. If that will be the function of this people to bring me honor always, then I will let them live. And so the most important outcome that resulted from this whole story is the principle of Kavod Hashem, the honor of Hashem. Because when Moshe Rabbeinu gained the promise from Hashem to maintain us forever as his nation, it was only with the assumption that we are going to honor him forever. Every observant Jew must feel it's his or her obligation to cause a good name for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to maintain his honor always. We must uphold in the minds of all those who see us the attitude of yes, these are the fine people. Not just that we are fine, but that we are the way, we are that way because of our connection to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. Yigdal Na'akowach Hashem means that in whatever we do, we do it with the intention of making Hashem great in this world. Now you should pay attention because it's a very important subject and I'm afraid it's not taken seriously enough. The Rambam in Hilchos Yisoidit HaToyra speaks about the subject of Kiddush Hashem. It's a halacha. When a person is being offered the option of worshipping an idol or otherwise being put to death, he's being told, bow down to this Avoy Zora or we'll kill you. So what should he do? He has to be willing to give up his life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Rambam there mentions other sins as well. Giloy Arayus, Shifichus Damim, where we see Yehareg Ve'al Ya'avor. A Jew, say, a Jew must allow himself to be killed rather than to be forced into these things, into these sins. Again, a Jew must allow himself to be killed rather than to be forced into these sins. Now this is a halacha subject with many details and the Rambam treats it at length there. But at the end of the chapter in halacha Yud Aleph, the Rambam adds the following useful information. He says that there are other things that are included in the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. And he says like this, if a wise man is careful with himself and he speaks gently to people and his mind always tries to agree with people whenever he can, if there's no sacrifice of principles, he always says, you're right, to make people feel happy. And this man always greets people with a pleasant cast of countenance. When people embarrass him and put him to shame, he doesn't retaliate. He honors everybody, even those who don't honor him. And he does business honestly. He deals with everyone honestly. He also doesn't sit long at the meals of the ignorant. 
That means he doesn't come to banquets and dinners and waste a lot of time there. And he's always crowned with tefillin and wrapped with tzitzis. And he's always seen studying Torah in his spare time. And whatever he does, he does more than he is obligated to do. Until the result is that everyone praises him. And everyone loves him. And they desire to emulate his deeds. This man is fulfilling the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. And about him, the Pasuk says, And Hashem said to me, You are my servant. You are serving me. My nation, by means of whom I am glorified. Instead of giving up his life for Kiddush Hashem, this man is living in order to glorify the name of Hashem. And he's thereby fulfilling the plan of Moshe Rabbeinu, the proposal that Hashem agreed to. I will let my people live and they will glorify my name. So what do we learn here? That it's called Kiddush Hashem when a firm person makes a good impression on others. An observant Jew, anybody who wears a yarmulke, a black hat surely, and certainly if you have a beard, anybody associated with a Kaddish Baruch who is representing him, and therefore if you belong to the Orthodox camp and you bring glory to Hashem, then you're fulfilling the purpose for which Hashem left the Am Yisrael alive after the Chet HaMiraglim. Kiddush Hashem is not something that pops up once in a while when the Gentile in the pharmacy gives you too much change. Ad Shemekal Sin Oto means that you should live the mundane details of your life, wanting to find ways to be Mekadesh Shem Shamayim. You should act with dignity at all times, because the more you are praised, the more Hashem is raised in the eyes of others. Let's say you're wearing a yarmulke, you're an Orthodox Jew sitting on the bus, and on one side of you is an empty seat, and on the other side of you is an empty seat. Now two people get on the bus, and they're walking to each other. So what do you do? You act like you don't know anything, and they should have to sit separately? No! You want to make the name of Hashem great in this world, so you don't even wait for them to ask. You get up, and you let them sit near each other. They might say thank you, or they might not. But at least you've already propagandized for Hashem. A man with a yarmulke must watch his every step. When you get off the bus and the Italian man getting off before you holds the door open for you, so you must smile at him and say thank you. Even if you weren't wearing a yarmulke, it's something you should do. But with a yarmulke on, it's something very different already because you are recognized as the representative of Hashem. Your mannerisms, your speech, your behavior should all be dedicated to bringing honor to Hashem. That's your job in this world. Wherever you go, make sure that people like you because that's Kavod Shamayim. You must live for the purpose of honoring Hashem. And therefore, any Jew who looks like a from Jew and in public he behaves in a manner of derech eretz should know he's doing an extremely great mitzvah. Kiddush Hashem is very important. The entire lexicon of derech eretz is required. Now, I'm not saying you should behave like a goy in order, to, in order for a goy to like you. No, goyim have many ways that we don't want to emulate. But you should always behave like a Baal Derech Eretz in order to glorify Hashem. Wherever you go, you should leave over a perfume, a fragrance of Kavod Hashem in that place. You should be sure that, that, 
that the people who saw you are saying over praises of from Jews, of B'nai Torah, and most importantly, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Here's a man who walks through the street early in the morning going to the mikvah. A rebele is walking with his sons. And he's speaking with a loud voice, a raspy, harsh voice. The whole block could hear him. People who couldn't sleep all night because the children were up. And just before daybreak, they were able to get a few minutes of sleep. And along comes this sadik with his rough voice. And he doesn't even think about them. People will say, and if they don't say it, they're surely thinking it. That's a from Jew. That's how people of Hashem behave. Instead of that, you can fulfill your function of Kiddush Hashem in this world. Always well behaved and considerate to others. Early in the morning, you're walking home from davening on Shavuos. So you walk through the streets with your friends quietly, only whispering because you're afraid to wake people up and bring dishonor to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Oh, that's a fine man, Hashem says. He's always thinking about my honor. You have some paper to throw out? Don't throw it on the floor. Keep it and put it in the wastebasket. Even better, as you pass by and you see a bum throw an empty beer on the sidewalk. So you pick it up and you put it in the wastebasket. Oh, people say, that's a fine man. Now you're only doing it for show. You're doing it only to show off. But it's a wonderful way to show off if your intention is to aggrandize the name of Hashem. Here's a Jew with a beard and black hat walking down King's Highway. And a few feet in front of him is someone walking and eating a banana. And he throws the peel onto the sidewalk. What does he care about the world? Let them slide to the hospital. So the from Jew picks it up, or at least he shoves it into the street, into the sewer, so that nobody should get hurt. Don't say he's a crank, a crazy old fellow trying to show off. No. He's doing a wonderful thing. And even though he's doing it for ostentation, just to make an impression on people, that's the best impression you can make for Hashem. That's what the Rambam is saying. Do what it takes to get people to praise you. Because when a person lives that way, he's living a life for the sake of Hashem. I'll tell you a little incident, a true story. There was a man I used to see occasionally, a from man with a beard, of course, also a long capote, and he carries a cane, an elderly man. I met him on the street, and he was telling me of his father's righteousness. What a tzaddik his father was. He said that his father was such a tzaddik that he never walked between two women. That's what he was telling me about the greatness of his father. I was thinking, is there anything else? I didn't want to ask him, but I couldn't understand. That's it? I saw right away that this man did not know what it means to be an Oyved Hashem. It's something, yes, but it's not Avoidas Hashem yet. So one day I was in the post office waiting on a long line, and this man, the son of the tzaddik, comes in. And without standing in line, he strides to the head of the line. Now all the Russian Jews on the line are looking at him as he whispers something to the man in front. The man in front didn't understand him. He's Russian. He didn't know what this from Jew was mumbling about. So he let him in the place. He let him take the place. It was a tremendous chilul Hashem. With a long capote and a beard, he's advertising himself as representing, as representing Hashem in this world. And in a place of ignorant Jews who knew nothing, and there were Gentiles there too, 
He's taking away their rights. He doesn't care for Yoshev. It was a Chilul Hashem of the most open sort. Later on, when I saw him in the street, I spoke to him. I said, that's a Chilul Hashem. You can't do that to Hashem. He said, Chaz v'sholem. I didn't mean it that way. Didn't mean it that way. If you're living life with the intention of Ad Shemekal Sinoto, then such a thing could never happen. If that was this man's whole concept of greatness, when he praised his father, he had nothing else to tell me, and he himself practiced one on the very worst forms, one of the very worst forms of an Avera. That means he doesn't understand the function of a Jew in this world. To be Mechalel Shem Shamaim is worse than Arayus. People don't understand that, because for Chilul Hashem, there's no Kapara in this life. There's no atonement for doing such a thing to the name of Hashem. When you can fast, you can fast and you can weep, and it will not help. Now we begin to see that you must know how to be a from Jew. Here's a yeshiva boy. I see him coming out of this yeshiva and he looks wild. He's dressed wildly. His shirt is hanging out disheveled. I didn't see he has to be, I didn't say he has to be a sport, but he shouldn't look like a pere adam. A wild man comes out of the yeshiva and people look at him. They don't say anything, but they're thinking, that's an orthodox Jew, a pere adam. Certainly you're mechuyev for your appearance. You shouldn't look like a goy. No, you look like a from Jew. You could be wearing nice long payas. You could wear whatever it is. If you're a from Jew, look like a from Jew. But at the same time, look like a person who was mechabed hakadosh baruch with his behavior. Another man comes over to talk to me, and as he's talking, he's coughing in my face. A Talmud Chochem. He thought he was a Talmud Chochem, but I would say he wasn't a Talmud Chochem. I couldn't dodge him. It wouldn't be Derech Eretz. He was coughing in my face. That's a Ben Toyra. That's Derech Eretz. It's not Kavod Shemaim to behave like that. Why can't you cover up your mouth when you're talking, when you're coughing? Now you might say that's already too much to expect, that everything we do should be with Kavod Shamayim in mind. But that's because we ourselves are very far away from the principle of Kavod Shamayim. Here's a from Jew with a beard, a black hat, playing a fiddle on the street, and he puts a box down to collect money. That's a tremendous Chilol Hashem. You're young. Why don't you learn some profession? He doesn't even think that he's a mechalal Hashem Shamayim. He becomes a beggar. He stands by the door and asks from Jews to give him money. That's what it means to be from. To be matil atzmo al habrias. To want the community to support you. Why don't you go to work? To avoid work and you're asking for money? It's a, it's a chilul Hashem. I once walked into a store. Before I could say anything, the man said, Not here! No soliciting here! He thought I came to ask for an adava. I was embarrassed. I'm a customer. I'm not coming to ask for money. It's a terrible impression. Someone sees a man with a kapoite and a black hat, and they think you're going to ask for an adava. Here's a man with a health, uh, here's a man, a healthy young man, walking rapidly down the street with a big, big sign to give him tzedakah. I said to him, you walk faster than I can. Why don't you get a job, a man like you?
Another man runs to Mir Yeshiva. He's afraid he'll come late for Mincha because he wants to collect. He's running and carrying his crutches. He's running down my block carrying his crutches. When he gets to the corner of the Yeshiva, he puts them on again. That's Chilul Hashem. Of course, the examples are endless. Every day you'll find opportunities to bring honor to Hashem in this world. If you keep your eyes open, our behavior must always be with the intention Yigdal Na Kawach Hashem. The important principle of making Hashem greater and greater in this world. Moshe Rabbeinu made a contract with Hashem to allow the Am Yisrael to survive. And we are around today only with this condition that our existence should result in an honor for Hashem. What we're learning tonight is that our function in this world is to make the name of Hashem great, to, aggra- to aggrandize Him as much as we can, but not merely to bring Him honor in the post office, not only to make His name great in the eyes of secular Jews and Goyim. More important than that is to make Hashem great in our own eyes. And that's what we proclaim every day when we say, Kedusha, Nikadesh et Shimcha Ba'olam. We are going to sanctify your name in the world, Hashem. What does that mean when you say Kedusha? Just by saying words, you're being Mikadish, his name in the, in the world. You can stand up with your feet together and hop up and down, but it's almost meaningless if you don't know what it's all about. Kedush means perfection. The Kuzari says that the three times repetition, the three time repetition, Kedush, Kedush, Kaddish is a siman for something that is infinite. That Hashem is the tachlis hashlemis, perfection beyond all perfection. And so our function becomes to see and proclaim Hashem's perfection in the world. Constantly, we have to think thoughts and say words about that. It's something we have to do without end. That's what we're saying every day. Nekaddish et shimcha ba'olam. We are going to make sure to make your name great forever and ever. Those words are a commitment, a reminder about what our function is in the world. And how do we do it? So we look at the next words. The entire world is filled with the glory of Hashem. The glory of Hashem. What does that mean? It's not something in the air. Something mysterious you can't touch or understand. The glory of Hashem is very real, very much tangible, and it's our means of making the name of Hashem great in this world. In his Moirin Nevuchim, the Rambam says that whenever you see the words Kavod Hashem, it means something that reminds a person of Hashem. When you see Hashem and you advertise His greatness to the people around you, that's the glory of Hashem in this world. Everything that we see, every natural object on all sides demonstrates the kindliness and wisdom of Hashem. And so if we study the glory of Hashem and proclaim it to ourselves and to others, that is Kiddush Hashem. That is how we make His name great in this world. Ooh, that's a big Kiddush. By keeping our eyes open and seeing Hashem in the world around us, that's how we are Mekadesh Shem Shamayim. And that's our function in this world. It's what Hashem expects of us. From that day when Moshe Rabbeinu made this proposal to Hashem of Yigdal Na Koach Hashem. 
Moshe Rabbeinu promised Hashem, let the Am Yisrael live on. Let us live and we will dedicate our lives to making you great in this world. And so the more you speak about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more you're fulfilling the function of the Am Yisrael. And in case nobody is willing to listen, so you talk to yourself. Talk to yourself all the time about Hashem's greatness. All the time. And you're being Mekadashim Shamayim in the place that matters the most. In your own mind, you're creating a tremendous Kavod Shamayim. You can think about Him right now. Think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu right now. What should you think? So many things. He created the world out of nothing. Yesh me'ayin. Hu amar v'yehi. Hu He commanded the world to come into being and that's why the world exists right now. Just think that. There's so much to think about Hashem. Absolutely. And the more you think, the more you're succeeding in this world. So you'll say, if it's so necessary, if it's really as important as, most, as Rabbi Miller says, why don't other Rabbanim talk about that? Is that a question? What do you need the Rabbanim for? It's everywhere. Look in the Chayvah Salavavas, look in the Rambam, the Shari Tshuva, and other Sifre Rishonim. Absolutely, you have to think of Hashem. There's nothing more important than that. And even though there's no practical application, just thinking about Hashem is already a great honor for Hashem. A tremendous kavod shamayim. And so we'll listen to what a big expert said on this subject. And that's David HaMelech. Hashem Elokai Gadalta Me'od. Hashem, my God, you have become very great. That's past tense. It doesn't say you are very great. It says you have become very great. As long as you're young and ignorant, or even if you're an old man already, but you never think about Hashem, so Hashem is still small. As far as you're concerned, He occupies only a little bit of place. So how do you magnify His name? You'll make Him bigger than He is. Nobody can make Hashem bigger than He is. You have to make your brain bigger. And the bigger your mind becomes, the more you understand the greatness of Hashem. That's what it means, Gadal Tameod, by recognizing you in this world, I have made you great. You're sitting at the table and you're eating. It's an opportunity for, for, for Kiddush Hashem. You say, look how good the bread is that Hashem made for me. It's a pleasure to eat the food of Hashem. And now you're eating the bread, you're enjoying the bread. Ah, Hashem, how kind you are. You supply the living with sustenance and kindliness. Why are you doing it, Hashem? Hashem made bread, He made food for the sake of His great name. You hear that? Hashem is giving us to eat, not just to fill our stomachs. It's so that we should be able to fill our minds with His greatness and fulfill our function in this world. So when you're enjoying your food, you say, I'm enjoying it for the sake of His great name. I'm recognizing that you supply the world with sustenance and kindliness. Ooh, Hashem says, now you're talking business. If you want to be a person who utilizes his time in this world, you have to get busy practicing this subject all the time. Not just during Chazar HaSashatz. How do you practice saying Kaddush? How are you Mekadosh Hashem in this world? You practice it. When you take an orange and you study it, you study it in order to see Hashem. 
You're looking at the orange and you're thinking, why is the orange peel so beautifully colored? Whereas the underside of the skin has no color at all. And the answer is because it's unnecessary. You don't need the, underco- the color underneath. The outside of the orange is supposed to catch your eye. There's no reason to waste color on the inside. <sighs> but the flesh, the flesh of the orange, the orange itself is a beautiful color. So that it should be more interesting, more attractive, and enjoyable for the eater. The more color, the more pleasure. So now you're starting, you, now you start thinking, where did this color come from? Did the orange seed have color in it? No, there's no fruit coloring in the seed. But as, but it has data in it. Millions of info, millions of bits of information. Besides for storing data, there's machinery in here. Ah, the Rav was holding an orange seed that can take the air, the carbon dioxide, and some materials in the soil. We couldn't do that. But the seed takes these materials that have no color at all and it creates a beautiful orange color. So you'll stop for a minute while you're enjoying the sweet pulp of the orange and think about the one who made that orange. So, so many things to think about. So many reminders of Hashem in the orange. You're thinking, this orange is really all juice. That's what an orange is. It's a ball of juice. But when I cut the orange, the juice doesn't come pouring out. The juice is locked up inside the tiny cells. It's a remarkable thing. Otherwise, I'd give a little cut and the juice would all spill out. And then, when you come to the pits of the orange, the seeds, you've come to another opportunity for Kavod Shamayim. How did the seeds get inside there? The Torah points that out so that you should think about it. Asher Zaro Bo. A fruit with seeds inside it. Bracious. How did that happen? If you would find a quarter inside the orange, you'd become a sugar with, an, with admiration for such a magic trick. A seed is a million times more complicated than a quarter. The seed has millions of instructions written in it. And if you would try to eat that seed, you should try to eat one time. Try to eat it one time. Take one of the seeds and try to chew on it. They are very distasteful. So you should stop for a moment and think about that. Because it's not an accident. Even the scientists explain it's not an accident. You know, I used to come to the Mir Yeshiva for some time. I had business there in the Yeshiva. And at lunchtime, I would take a nap in the library. One day, I pulled out from the shelf a publication from the Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. And it said there, the reason orange seeds are bitter is in order to discourage the eaters from eating them. Now, it wasn't the Sadik writing there. It wasn't the Chayvah Salavavas. It was a Goy, a pamphlet written by a Gentile. He didn't have any good intentions. He was just writing the truth. The pits of the orange are purposefully, are purposefully, disgusting, dis, are pur, are purposefully disgusting in taste in order to discourage us from destroying the seeds by means of eating. Instead, we spit out the seeds and a tree grows. Now some fool asks, then why aren't all seeds bitter? The answer is this. You're walking in the desert, in a field full of stones. And on one stone there's an inscription. Kelly was here. Was Kelly here? Absolutely. What about all the other stones? It doesn't say Kelly was here. On all the other stones? The answer is, 
you don't need it to say Kelly was here on all the other stones. As long as on one stone it says Kelly was here, that's enough. And the truth is that every fruit is being Mekadashim Shamayim in its own specific way. How is the apple seed protected? Around the apple seed is plastic. There are little plastic shields surrounding the seed. And so you don't eat it. You enjoy the apple and then you take the core and throw it away and a tree grows. By the way, Rabbi Sai, I'm just spending a minute or two on this subject to encourage you. But it's superficial, very superficial. The truth is we could speak for hours and hours about the apple and we wouldn't exhaust the subject. Because all of the materials in a fruit are assembled by a system, an assembly line. And each step causes the next step to happen. And there are thousands of steps. So not only does the seed contain all the information necessary to make an apple tree, roots and bark, and leaves and apple blossoms and nectar, and branches and hanging fruit, but the seed also has the machinery to carry out the entire process. I'll tell you a good idea. Put a seed in your pocket. Carry it around with you and look at it from time to time. I do it. I carry seeds with me. And I take it out sometimes in the middle of the street and I look at it. Ah, look at the miracle. People write to me that I should send them some of my seeds. I send the seeds by mail. I go to the post office and I mail my seeds to people. They are miracle seeds. If you sit and look at an apple or an orange for 15 minutes, you won't be the same person anymore. I guarantee it. If you look at the apple for 15 minutes and think about the wonders that you see there, you'll see the Giloy Shechina. Absolutely. And Hashem made the apple for that purpose. So that you should think about him. He told us that when he introduced us to the fruit for the first time. The fruit is desirable to make wise. Not just to eat. The real function of the fruit is to make you wise. Fruit causes wisdom. Yes, only that in order to make the lesson more delicious, he makes the apple taste delicious too. It's like having a Gemara printed on sponge cake. So you're saying the Rashi, and then you take a little bite from the margin. It's a Geshmaka Sugya. And that's what the apple is for. Not only the apple, all of the fruit, and all of creation, so that you could see Hashem in this world while enjoying the Bria. It's a happiness and wisdom together. A peach is a work of art. The peach has a blush on both sides. It's not all red. It has a blush. It's so beautiful to look at a peach blushing. When we look at the peach, we should blush too, because we are ignoring the great lesson. The beauty of the peach is to make us think of Hashem's kindliness to us. That peach is what it means. Hashem wants us to think about that. And when we think about all the things that we enjoy at the time of eating, then you should know that's Kavot Shamayim. And that's fulfilling the promise Moshe Rabbeinu made. Yigdal na koach Hashem. And it's the reason Hashem kept the Am Yisrael alive. By the way, it's only the beginning. I only chose a few things. The world is full of outstanding things that are expected to cause us to admire Hashem. Of course, I just chose fruit as an example. The summer is coming, so it's a tremendous opportunity to be Mekadashem Shamayim by means of fruit. There are thousands of things besides fruit. If it were the winter, we would talk about the snow and wool and rain, and we'd aggrandize Hashem by means of that as well. But the fruit 
is a remarkable example for fulfilling our function of Yigdal Nakoach Hashem, for making Hashem's name great that Moshe Rabbeinu proposed to Hashem. Suppose you make it a principle that every time you pass a fruit stand, Belineded, you'll stop for one half a minute, every fruit store for 30 seconds, and you'll admire the handiwork of Hashem. It's an amazing exhibition. All types of colors and tastes. Learn to be excited over the show that Hashem is putting on for you for 30 seconds. Oh, Hashem says, you made a step in the right direction. So I'll push you a little bit further too. And therefore, and therefore, of course, if it would ever happen that a goy is forcing you to bow down to avoid the Zara, so of course you'll be and give up your life to make his name great in this world. But how many times does that happen to a person? If it does happen, it's a once in a lifetime event. And so we say tonight, that wherever we go in this world, we try to keep in our minds all the time as much as possible that we are going to behave in a way that will make Hashem great among people, Jews and Gentiles. But we're learning now that one of the most important places to make the name of Hashem great is in your own mind. And that's an opportunity that is available all the time, wherever you are. Now I understand that if this was said to an ordinary congregation of B'nai Torah, and it was not explained well, so they would think that it's just a waste of time. They wouldn't come to hear such things. It's pushit. It's too simple for them to hear. They want bigger things. They, want, they don't want to hear about apples and peaches and oranges. But now I'm talking to people who deserve credit because they came here for a purpose. People who are mavakshe Hashem. People who are seeking Hashem. People who want to make the name of Hashem great in the world. And to such idealists, we can propose this plan of Moshe Rabbeinu, that we should utilize all of the creations of this world to admire the ways of Hashem and to glorify His name by means of His wonders. Now, when you begin to think these thoughts, and you'll be surprised how many opportunities you can find during the day to do this, you'll see that the entire Bria testifies to Hashem. By means of its kindly arrangements, the entire world testifies to the glory of Hashem, like it says, Yoducha Hashem kol ma'asecha, kvod malchut All of your works speak of the glory of your kingdom. Everything is praising Hashem. Hashamay misaprim kvod kel, the sun praises Hashem. Utilize the sun. Isn't that a pity? How you're wasting such a, such simple opportunities? Walk outside and the sun is shining and you never once thought that the sun is there to cause you to realize the glory of Hashem. So it's ha'aha'am ha'olchim b'choyshech. People are walking in darkness. All their lives they're sleepwalking. Wake up! And we're expected to utilize the body for that. Like Eov said, mibsari echezeh elokah. By means of my flesh, I see Hashem. You are expected to do that too. It's not something derech agav. That's why you have a body. That, so that you should look at it and see the marvels that are so obvious. Anybody who is willing to open his eyes can see the hand of Hashem. You have to see the glory of Hashem in your body. Study the body. It's miraculous. It's miracles and miracles in our body. Everything is so wondrously contrived with such superb planning and intricate and intricate and cunning devices 
that we marvel. We dance with Simcha when we understand how the body functions. And it's all for one purpose. Kulo Omer Kavod. The entire creation is giving honor to Hashem. And that covered is our success in this world. When we come to the next world, we will be questioned. What did you bring along with you? How much baggage did you bring from your stay in that world? And therefore, our purpose in this world is to fill our lives with as much baggage as possible. And the best baggage you can bring along with you to Olam Haba is a mind that thought constantly about Hashem. Because that means you are being Mekadesh Hashem all your life. And it's by means of the glory we attribute to Hashem in this world. That's how we achieve our glory in the world to come. When a man comes to the next world, so after he passes through the necessary preparations, sometimes a little Gehenim, sometimes he has to pass through certain other judgments. But when he finally arrives at Olam Haba, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to announce, this man deserves the greatest honor. And he calls out the Malachim to sing Shira to you. Forever and ever this, they'll, sing, they'll sing songs of glory to you. And that covet is tremendous. It's the Simcha of Olam Haba. Sadikim Yoishvim Ve'atrotehem Barashehem Those who deserve it will sit in Olam Haba with crowns on their heads. Gemara Brachas. Now the word crown is more than just an expression. It's a crown of monarchy. Suppose you were given a crown now that declared you the emperor of the Western Hemisphere. What is the Western Hemisphere after all? Is it just a small sliver of this world? The emperor of the Western Hemisphere? You'd be mashugal with happiness. It's a question whether you'd be able to survive such an intense ecstasy. And in the world to come, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts a crown of honor on your head, it's infinitely more happiness than that. The one crowned by Hashem is the in Olam Haba has an infinite happiness because he knows how important he really is. Because to whom is he important? Not to ordinary people, not to the newspaper journalists, or to prime ministers and presidents. He's important to HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. The one, he was Mekadesh all of his life. He was careful to always make the best impressions on others because he wanted to bring honor to the name of Hashem. He thought about Hashem as much as possible because he wanted to honor Hashem. And as a result of that, he himself achieves true honor in the world to come. And he earns for himself the most intense happiness forever and ever. Have a wonderful Shabbos.